Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I can't tell you how excited I am to bring you today's featured guest, Davey Ward. Davey, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And for anybody listening that maybe doesn't know Davey's work, let me give you a little background. Davey is an internationally recognized Tantra expert. She's a certified Tantra, Tantric healer, certified Reiki practitioner, certified meditation instructor, and a practicing Tibetan Buddhist. And she's also one of the first Westerners to be qualified to teach the Tibetan five element tantric practices as part of sexual healing modality. Now, she's been featured as a tantra and female sexuality expert in countless articles and over 30 different radio stations and television networks worldwide, including Playboy Radio, Men's Health Magazine, CBS, NBC, and Rogers TV in Canada. Davey, do me a favor, take a minute, let us know if there's anything we missed in that intro, and, and give us a glimpse into how you got started doing the work that you do now. Ooh, yeah. So the the reason I started Tantra, actually, and I love answering this question because most people think Tantra is, you know, it's all about sex. And, uh -huh. and the way we practice it in the West, there certainly is an emphasis on sexuality. Yes. But for me, that was actually not what attracted me to Tantra at all. Um, I was a monk of the Ashaya order from 1999 until 2007. And so I, at the age of 24, uh, committed my life to my spiritual growth and my spiritual path. And I wore only white and my entire life was about uh, meditation and teaching meditation and cultivating um, sacred, sacred awareness in every area of our life. But we didn't receive any instruction on how to apply that to our sexuality. So in 2007, I encountered a Tibetan, well, he's not Tibetan, he's a, he's a Westerner, but he practiced the Tibetan Five Elements sexual tantras. And he introduced this practice to me as a way of integrating my sexuality with my spiritual path. And so that's really what intrigued me about it. And as a result of that, it was completely the opposite of what I expected. <laughs> Quite frankly, I expected it to be this like, oh, like glorious angel singing. And for certain, there were there were aspects of that. But for the most part, what it did was it got me in touch with some aspects of my humanity that I was trying to avoid. And it brought me face first to confront some childhood trauma that had been unresolved. And so much of what it is to be uh, human on this planet and some of the struggles that we all face growing up, and particularly me as a woman of color, some of the racism that I experienced as a child. So I had all of this unresolved, unprocessed trauma and wounding uh, that I was not aware that I had. And so Tantra is medicine to heal. And so what it did was it began this really deep and really profound healing process and at the end of it, I was so transformed and so inspired that I wanted to begin sharing these methods with as many people as possible. And I received permission from my spiritual teacher, my Lama, 
to teach alongside my trainer, his name was Jacques, um, and bring these sacred and potent teachings out to Westerners. Fantastic. So are, are you still technically a monk? No. Um, well, you know, that's, thank you for asking. Uh, no, actually I, uh, it that was a very serious thing for me. Like I yeah. took vows. I mean, that was, you know, me, you know, like it was like, it would be like a Christian monk or uh, yeah, like a Christian priest or, or, or none. Um, no, I, when I became a practicing Tibetan Buddhist, I asked my Lama if I could continue my previous spiritual path. And he said, no, <laughs> actually he said, you have to choose you have to choose one or the other because they were two very different paths and they led to two very different results. And he said, you know, whichever one you want, which you resonate with, but you, you can't do both. You cannot cross the river with two feet in, you know, with your feet in two different boats, you have to choose one. And so I contemplated that for a while because it was, you know, I, again, it was a vow I had taken. And in the end I chose the path of Tibetan tantric Buddhism because the results I was getting, the results I were getting were so, Again, they were so profound and so deeply transformational. And, you know, I think with the other, the previous practice I was doing, it cleared the ground. It laid the groundwork for me to be able to introduce these Tibetan teachings and really have them take root and grow and flourish like they have in my life. Fantastic. Well, thank you. Thank you for giving us that background. And, you know, I want to ask you because obviously our, our focus of the program is on partnership. And, and one of the things that, that we found with virtually all the guests is that they have some kind of a, could be called a touchstone or a guiding principle, or maybe it's just a mantra that they use to kind of keep them on track in partnership. And I'm wondering what you use for that and, and how our listeners could apply it in their lives. Mm, yes, thank you for asking that. So I am a devotee, I would say, of the practice called nonviolent communication, which was developed by Dr. Marshall Rosenberg. And nonviolent communication teaches all about um, empathy and what that truly is and how to connect with our feelings and our needs. And so a mantra that really works in my life to you know continuously be aware of is that the only thing that's ever going on are feelings and needs. And if we can understand what the need is, that is how we connect with the divinity and the humanity in all of us. Wow. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And it's so funny. I, I was literally just sitting here going, I can't believe you just said this. Because those two things, feelings and needs, are really the, the foundation of all the work I do. Yeah. And I say it much like you did, where those feelings, that's the divine communicating with you. Yes. That's it Absolutely. going, um, baby, hello. <laughs> yep. This is working or this isn't working. Exactly. And if we exactly. pay attention to those instead of our thoughts and try and rationalize our way through it, it will lead us through a life. Absolutely. Yeah. And connecting those feelings to, again, the deeper underlying needs. So the need for respect, the need for integrity, like whatever that need is. And then there are an infinite variety of strategies at our disposal at our disposal that we can use to actually meet those needs most effectively. And the issue for many people is they're not in touch with their feelings and they aren't able to connect them with the deeper underlying need. Plus we have, you know, need shame in this culture, oh right? Oh, you're so needy. And so 
you know, the way I understand needs are those are requirements for life. They're they're non-negotiable. We need food, water, shelter. We need love connection. We need inspiration. We need justice. We these are needs. These are not they're they're non-negotiables. They're requirements for life. And so for me, that's that's just the 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 sweet spot. When we can find out, when we can identify what that need is, it opens up a whole universe of possibility. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love when it gets revealed why we're on the show together. Uh, <laughs> this is perfect, perfect synergy. Um, well, here's what I'd love to have, have you do for us now, if you don't mind. One of the things that our listeners love about the show is the stories our guests share about their personal experiences. And where I'd like to ask you to, to take us right now is take us to a time in your life when, you, well, you kind of tripped up in a partnership. And, you know, tell us that story. What were you doing? What did you trip on? And then what did you learn from that experience that has helped you move forward? Mm, yeah. So there's so many of those. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to limit you to one today. Okay. Which we'll have you back you? for the other 43. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so this is a, this is a very personal story. So um, my, um, I have some really wonderful business partners who work with me in authentic Tantra. And one of my, my business partners is from Norway. She's Norwegian. And, um, she, she was spending some time with us in Vancouver and I am, um, an American and I'm from African American descent. So, so racial issues are, are very, um, uh, they're very much on my radar. And as a child, I, I was born in 1974, which was five years after interracial marriage became legal in the South and I'm of mixed race. And so my experience as a child growing up where I, I mean, I experienced just absolutely brutal racism, um, it, growing up in, in white society. And so it's still, you know, a bit of a trigger point. And we, we had a student, uh, in one of our classes who was extreme. She was just blatantly racist. And I, was wow. really, I was really struggling with it because, um, be, yeah, because, because she was the way she was acting, was just comp- did not meet needs for me on any level whatsoever. And so I was in a moment of pain and I said something really, um, uh, crass about you know about you know white people are gonna try and hurt you and you know f you over and uh in my moment of pain and she was devastated uh hearing me say that she was so hurt and so crushed because she she took it personally and she um believed that what i was saying was that she was you know she would intentionally hurt me just because of the color of her skin so uh, that was a real eye opener for me. I mean, she was she was in tears, and it really made me be aware of you know of really being mindful of of what I say, and even in particularly in moments of pain, you know, I had every right to be triggered at that at that moment, and yet um, the impact of of somebody else who doesn't necessarily have the same cultural reference to racism or black and white that that we do as North Americans. Um, yeah, she was just very devastated by that. So it ended up being a very beautiful healing moment for both of us in the end. And and how have you applied what you learned there moving forward? Mm, um, how have I applied it? I I quantify if I if I'm feeling triggered or I'm in pain, I quantify it by saying, you know, I'm I express what I'm feeling and what my need is. I'm I'm feeling really triggered right now, and I'm having this you know issue with racism coming up, and I'm wondering if you can hear me right now as I talk about this without taking it personally. Mm. Wow, wouldn't that be a different world if we all did that? Yeah. (laughs) 
takes maturity, right? Because that pain, you know, yeah. that, that trigger is so real. And if we haven't learned to cultivate tools to remain present with that pain, we want to lash out, you know, yes. we want to get rid of it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That is a awesome, awesome story. Mm-hmm. And now I'm going to ask you for more. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a kind of a nuanced difference, but I find it's very revealing. And what, what I'd love to have you do, Davey, is, is tell us a story of a time when you had what I call one of those duh moments where, you know, you're, you're sitting there and as soon as it becomes to your awareness, you're just thinking, how did I miss this? How have I been such a knucklehead for so long? And what I'm wondering is how you were able to take that kind of wake up moment and turn it into a building block for your future partnership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what comes to mind for me is uh, a realization that I had uh, a little while ago, but that it continues to play out in my life now. And there was this, um, you know, we all have people, people in our lives who we rub up against, right? Mm-hmm. And there was this, this woman uh, who was in my universe and my sphere who I just, I mean, we just rubbed up against each other in all the wrong ways. And I don't know what occurred. I mean, she was no longer like in my physical, uh, you know, world. I had moved and she was like living somewhere that I wasn't living anymore. But we were, you know, somewhat colleagues were in the same field. And so she would show up on my radar. And I can't remember what it was. But one day I just I finally realized that she was a mirror for me. And not in that she was reflecting this. She was like reflecting parts of myself that I didn't like back to me. It wasn't in that. It wasn't like, oh, you know, I don't like the way she talks because I had judgment about myself talk. It was that what she reflected to me was the areas that I still needed to love and embrace and accept about myself because I had a story that she was better than me in some way. I had a fiction in my head that, that, um, that I wasn't, I wasn't good enough. And so the pain, it's like every time I saw her show up on my radar, it triggered that self-worth for me. It triggered that part of me that didn't feel like I was good enough. And so I wanted to make it about her. And so when I saw this, I was like, oh, wow, this is this is actually about me. This is actually the fact that that I have a need for self-worth and I have a need for self-acknowledgement and I have a need for self-celebration. And it was like, you know, I don't know. It was like looking into a mirror and being able to turn the finger back to me so that I could actually begin doing the work of healing my own wound as opposed to blaming somebody else for simply showing it to me. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, it's funny, I think I've, I've referenced this quote more than, than anything that came from any of the guests on the show. And a gentleman on the show, was, his name's Roy Biancolana, and he made a great comment. He said, there are no aha moments when you're pointing the finger. Right. Yes, exactly. Exactly. But you know, and that's so it's so much easier said than done. It's like oh, we yeah. <laughs> hear this all the time, right? And I'm like, you know, me, I've been a meditator and you know, spiritual growth 15 years, and you know, this person's annoying me, and I, I just didn't get it until I got it, right? And ever since then I'm able to notice, oh, okay, so I'm feeling I know what that you know, what that trigger sensation is in my body. I'm like, oh, okay. So where, where, what is my need here? Where is it that I need to pour some self-love and self-connection? And, and what is it that I need to connect with more deeply 
to to bring healing to this, to bring resolution to this, to bring power to this, because that's really the place of empowerment to me is when we're able to get into and connect with those needs and then transform them and start, you know, creating strategies to meet those needs. That's that the place of power for me. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's funny. You just reminded me I was I was talking with a very dear friend of mine the other day and something that she made a comment and. I recognize that how I responded when she made these type of comments, I said, you know what? You don't have to do anything with this. This isn't about you. I just realized when you say this because of how I think of you and what a, a high level I put you on, a status I put you on, it causes me to do X. And mm-hmm. she started to try and come up with why she didn't mean to do that. And I'm like, no, no, no you it's got nothing to do with you. Yeah. But we're so habituated to saying, oh, I did this to them. It's like, no, no, no. Like you said, I'm a reflection. I wasn't doing anything to you. And I had to say it like three or four times because she kept trying to defend what she'd said. And I'm yes. like, there's nothing to defend. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm clear. It has nothing. It's just like it's making, giving me a chance to pay it, pay attention and wake up. Yes. Yeah. And that's so mature. Right. And I just I really just I really wish I really feel some regret and some mourning about the fact that, you know, we aren't as a culture given these really precious and sacred tools to learn how to be responsible for our own emotions, to be self-aware. Right. And to be able to effectively translate what's going on inside of us so that, again, we can come to this place of power and take actions that are going to meet these needs, take actions from this place of power and self-awareness as opposed to, you know, you're doing this thing to hurt me, which is such a, cultivates this codependency in relationship. Yeah, and and in all honesty, I I remember when this happened, it was just a week or so ago, I was really surprised that I was able to do that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because I know that normally I would be like, you make me this or you that, and I went, wait, and I didn't notice it actually until she started to try and defend what she'd done or explain it. I'm like, no, this has nothing to do with that. It's just that thing because of how I've put you in my life and where I've made you important that has this impact. And it's all because of how I chose to interact with you. That's yeah. So, and so how did you feel in that moment? Realizing that incredibly empowered. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was weird because, you know, like you, I've, I've done a lot of work around this for over 20 years now. And it was just so clear that it was all a function of, you know, my doing what I'd put on her, where I'd put her in a hierarchy or what have you, or on a pedestal and all these different things. Cause I said, the other thing I'm aware of is I don't have the same reaction with other people. Yeah. It was huh? because of what I had like you were saying about this woman that you were like, oh, somehow you thought she was on a higher level than you. Yes. And when we do that whole comparison game, it takes us out. Exactly. Yeah. Well, again, it's it's disempowering. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I used to I used to um, use the analogy that, you know, I mean, we do this all the time, right? We compare ourselves to somebody else, but that would be like going on a run, and somebody runs past you, and you suddenly think you're behind them. But you're not right. doing the same run. So it's irrelevant. <laughs> they started at a different point. They're headed to a different point. Right. But yeah. we just like, oh, my gosh, now I'm behind. They're well, not, they yeah. got nothing to do with you. 
Exactly. And yeah, you know, and, and part of it, though, to be fair, is, is this is this is our cultural conditioning. It's our cultural programming, this competitiveness, this fierceness, this, you know, for competing for resources is what it boils down to the scarcity consciousness, the scarcity of resources. So um, it's very much perpetuated by our culture. So we have to, you know, find tools or do practices that help us dissolve that cultural conditioning in order to function, you know, free of that. Exactly. Well, I'm glad you said that because I want to ask you about something you said very early on that just totally stood out in my mind. And you said Tantra is medicine to heal. Yes. So I want to know more about that. How do you apply the Tantric practices and the Tantric background and, and skills and techniques to that healing process? Because you're right. I mean, in our the U.S. for sure, certainly most of Western culture thinks it's about sex. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's what I love so much about the Tibetan five element practices is they are true, authentic lineage based Tantra, meaning they've been passed down from teacher to student in an unbroken lineage for twenty six hundred years. And they're older than that. They say the the five element, the Tibetan five element teachings are actually as many as seventeen thousand years old. So they're ancient, ancient science, ancient practices. Mm-hmm. And the way the five elements work particularly is so the the five elements in Tibetan Tantric Buddhism are earth, water, fire, air and space. And the reason the five elements are important is because that's what makes up our physical reality. We are and everything we see, taste, touch and smell is a combination of one or more of those elements. Right. Our physical bodies, this microphone, this computer, all of that. Right. And so the five elements being in balance is essential for health and well-being. The five elements also relate to states of consciousness, our emotions. And in fact, they are considered the antidote to the root poisons of anger, attachment, pride, jealousy, and ignorance. Mm. So the five root poisons, and this is a, a core foundation of, of tantric or Tibetan Buddhism, the five root poisons are, those are the core. They give rise to what are called 84,000 different kinds of afflicted emotions. So for example, there's 22,000 different types of anger. There's 22,000 different types of ignorance. And I don't know how the rest of the numbers work out, but so there's all these different variations on these emotions and these emotions are poisonous. They literally create toxins in your physical body. For example, you know, I, I think it's pretty widely accepted that anger is one of the root causes of cancer, right? Mm. So when these toxic emotions build up in the physical body, then they actually create illness and disease. So the five elements are medicine to heal that. So the practices are a series of meditation practices that we do, movement practices that we do, and then we teach our students how to apply that to our sexuality. So it integrates the sexuality into this medicinal practice. And the the practices themselves, the results are mechanical, meaning that when you do the practice, you get the result. It's the medicine, the healing comes from doing the practice. And the reason is that when we do the Tibetan five element meditation specifically, we are enriching, healing, balancing, nourishing each of the elemental energies in our energy body. And in the Tibetan tradition, the energy body is senior to the physical body. So all illness and dysfunction manifests energetically before it does physically and vice versa. 
all health and wellness can manifest energetically before it does physically. So we are working directly with the energy body to heal, to balance, to boost, to enrich these elemental energies in our body, mind, spirit, and sex. And then that translates to our physical experience. And as we were talking about earlier, you know, that mirror like thing, it's like, you know, if I have an, if I have an issue outside of me, it's usually indicates an issue inside of me. Well, by doing these elemental meditation practices, we are dissolving and resolving those root poisons. We are healing anger. We are healing attachment. We are dissolving jealousy. We are dissolving ignorance and ignorance of what? Ignorance of our divinity, of the truth of who we are. And so we begin to dissolve those obscurations. And then what occurs is that more and more of our truth shines through with more freedom, more clarity, more power. And that's what occurred for me. That's why, you know, I feel so passionately about these practices, because when I first started Tantra, I mean, I was a wreck. I was I was traumatized. I was wounded. I was, you know, not functional <laughs> to a large degree. And it was through dissolving and resolving all of that trauma, all of that collection of pain that I had been carrying with me just simply through doing these practices that I'm able to be sitting here on this radio show talking with you today. Like I was, you know, when I was 19, I tried to kill myself. I was not in good shape. And so the, the swiftness and the completeness of the transformation and the healing is truly phenomenal. And I've worked with people who have been, you know, suffered longtime sufferers of abuse and trauma and the results that they've gotten from doing these practices. I mean, I had this one woman, her psych, her psychologist came to spoke, speak with me and she's like, I don't know what you're doing, but please keep doing it because the transformation I've seen with this woman in the last few months is beyond what I've seen in the last 16 years. So, so they truly are potent. Wow. Well, let me ask you a question, Davey, because there, there's, there's, there's kind of a distinction that I, I want to have clarified, if you will. And that is, you said, like, for example, you said, you know, it heals anger. Mm -hmm. And the end result is that more of your truth comes out. Well, anger could be our truth. Mm, so thank you. Help me understand when you say healing anger, I'm assuming it means past anger. Well, I would say, so here's the thing. So this is, it's a good point. And there's a really clear distinction. So each of the elements, they also, along with being an antidote, they also have a wisdom that's associated with them. So specifically anger. So water element pacifies or transforms anger. When anger is transformed, it's clarity. So I'll give you an example of the way this is showing up in my life right now. Uh, and it's been wonderful to watch with my husband. So uh, we often take baths in the evening and we talk. And so we'll, you know, talk about business. <laughs> business this is one of my points of frustration. It's like a, I'm trying to figure this game out, right? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to figure out like the best way to go. And so we'll be talking and I'll, got, I'll get all like riled up, like rawr, steaming. And I'll pause for a moment and breathe. And then it will shift. And in an instant, the clarity will come of, oh, this is how I resolve that issue. This is the solution to that issue. So it'll be this huge problem and I'll you know, be getting worked up about it. And when I stop and pause for a moment, it shifts into clarity. So does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And so what I would say, the way the elemental practices work is they've given me the ability to take that pause, relax and breathe so the shift can occur. That makes sense? Absolutely. Yes. Thank you for that. Yes. Yeah, I appreciate that. 
Well, Davey, we've we've actually arrived at a part of the show I call Bring It All Home. And this is where we, we kind of step away from the stories. And I'm going to ask you to share some simple guidance for our listeners so they can you know apply these things directly to their lives right now. Where I want to start is I'd love for you to share with us what you consider to be the best partnership or relationship advice that you've ever received. Mm-hmm. So the best partnership or relationship advice that I've ever received, again, comes from Dr. Marshall Rosenberg. And it's and what he says is you cannot give empathy if you need empathy. So this is really important if we're in an argument, you know, with our lover or with a friend or associate or whatever. If we're both in pain, we cannot hear each other. So we need to go get empathy from somebody else or give it to ourselves so that we can come back and hear each other. Yeah, that would make a difference. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's really great. Well, what would you say is the best, I don't know, book or resource that you found regarding partnership? And why that particular one? I, I'm going to say NBC again. <laughs> Honestly, so there's actually a couple. So, so, so for me, the NVC uh, for I think for obvious reasons because it is such a again it's such an effective tool for um, being able, for communicating for communicating like authentic communication. Another book that um, I really think is wonderful is um, how let's see. I can't remember the title of it. I'm sorry. It's by a man named Eric Bowers. It's um, Meeting Me in Hard to Love Places. <laughs> my husband. My husband is. <laughs> That's a funny title for it, loving me in hard to reach places or something like that. <laughs> but it's meeting me in hard to love places. And it talks about attachment trauma. Mm. And I think that that is a topic that is so not understood. And it was really eye opening to me and very helpful for me to be able to observe some of the the patterns that arise, particularly in intimate relationships that come from some of our childhood traumas that we're not even aware that we have. So um, that was a really profound book. So again, Eric Bowers, it's the only book he's ever published. So if you Google his name, <laughs> it should come up right away. And do you know, is it B B O W E R S or B O U? It's B O W E R S okay. Eric Bowers. Yeah. Easy. And, uh, yeah. And he's also an NBC educator. And so he really did. He creates a beautiful blend between nonviolent communication and this attachment trauma theory. Awesome. And for anybody listening, I'll have links all this on the show page so don't worry about having scrambled that all down if you're in the middle of doing something else which you probably are <laughs> so Davey I've got one last question I want to ask you about and that is I would love for you to share with with our listeners what I call a, one of the payoffs of partnerships so in other words what's a specific example of something you've been able to do or create or experience that was a result of partnership that would not have happened any other way Mm, well, I would say right now what I'm experiencing is this growth in the work that we do due to the amazing partnership of my business partner from Norway, as I mentioned, and then two of our other team members. I mean, it is the most healthy, inspirational, creative, constructive uh, birthing process I've ever, ever been in. And we're, it's still in process. Uh, we just, you know, my business partner has been working with me for the past year, but we've just brought on these other two team members. 
and the ease and the flow and the beauty and the dance and the joy of, of birthing some of these new creations and bringing them out into the world has been, it's been orgasmic, quite frankly. They talk about orgasmic births and, <laughs> and this truly is an orgasmic birth. And so we're still, we're still in production. So, you know, the, the, the fruits of our labor are, are still being realized, but just the process itself for me is such a huge celebration because so much of my business partnerships in the past were, you know, full of conflict or strife or, you know, whatever. And so again, when we talk about how the elements, you know, elemental practices can heal, uh, seeing the relationships that I am cultivating in my life today are a beautiful signpost of the, of the, the potency and the, the power of these, uh, internal yogas that I, that I do. We say inside, outside, same. So my outside is very much reflecting that internal growth. Got it. Excellent. Thank you. Well, Davey, I, I think it's pretty clear to everyone that you are a tremendous resource. You're like a treasure trove. And I want you to let our listeners know how can they follow up with you? How can they contact you and learn more about what you're doing in the world? Yeah, so our website is AuthenticTantra.com. So just, you know, spell the words AuthenticTantraAdda.com. And we are available for you. You can send us a contact form uh, through the website. You can check out our Tantra for Women, Tantra for Men, Tantra for Couples Coaching. Um, we have a weekly news, uh, I don't want to call it a newsletter. It's a Tantra tip, right? Because we're not. it's not just news. Mm -hmm. It's actually a Tantra tip. So usable, applicable Tantra tip in your everyday life. And we also have a YouTube channel that we call Sex is Medicine TV. So you can check that out on YouTube as well. Excellent. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I got to say, Davey, you made my day. Oh, yeah. well, it's wonderful to hear. <laughs> absolutely did. It's been fantastic to hear your stories and your enthusiasm is contagious. That's for sure. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It's been an honor. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.